Matthew Shinetti from the CFL and TSN. Matthew, how are you today? Uh, every day ends in Y, and I'm talking to you, Jim. It's a good day when I'm talking to you. Wow. Wow. How do you think I feel? Wow. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Wow. Uh, if, if the Alouettes, and I don't know if you've asked them this question, if they could go back and relive the 50-11 to 11 wipeout by the Tiger Cats in con- with respect to what they did with Johnny Manziel, have they talked about what they would have done differently? Uh, you know, it's funny. I asked uh, offensive coordinator Kahari Jones that exact question yesterday, and phrased it in terms of the word regret and he said he doesn't think about it in those terms and he's trying to look at things in terms of growth and in terms of ability and in terms of showing some kind of uh, upward trajectory and I know that sounds kind of weird when basically Johnny Manziel's first pass in um in the Canadian game on a professional level and in a regular season game was an interception to Larry Dean. However, the one thing that Jones kept saying and trying to put a positive spin on it was, sure, you can look at the first one as a bad read, and the second one, the tip-off Terrell Sutton's hands running back wasn't necessarily his fault. But the third and fourth um, interceptions were just Benzel trying to make a play, and there was some positive movement, some positive work in the pocket that Jones, that Jones liked. What it all comes down to now is how has Menzel tried to progress over the last couple of days? And really what I've been seeing in practice is um, an attention to the details, an attention at least on the field. Now, I, don't, I can't see what he's doing in the film room, and I don't know what time he's getting into the Olympic Stadium, but he is talking to all of his teammates. And um, I guess if, that's what you, if there's anything you want to see, especially after a guy threw four interceptions, is you want to see him talking to his teammates constantly. And I've been seeing that over the last couple of days. Whether that translates into anything at TD Place this weekend, listen, I've been doing daily updates for TSN.ca. Ultimately, whatever you see in practice is irrelevant because I can, I can take all the passes, I can take all the incompletions, I can take all the interceptions and touchdowns in practice, but it doesn't mean anything because when the lights are on and the ball's kicked off, that's when it really matters. And we'll see how much Johnny's learned uh, in the next 72 hours. Yeah, I mean, well said, because, I mean, he has to learn the playbook. He has to learn his personnel, and, and that's stage one. Stage two is learning how to read a defense, which takes a, a number of games, if not a number of years. I think you're going to find, and you would know this, there are quarterbacks in the league that are still learning that, right? Yeah, you know, you and I uh, talked about this earlier in the week. Um, talking to Terrell Sutton, and the one thing that people don't appreciate, and this isn't just the CFL, this is playing the quarterback position in general. It's like playing chess on the highway. I mean, you've got, you've got <laughs> so much happening, uh, and you've got to deal with so much so fast, so quickly. And when you're going through, like a read, so that everyone understands, when you're going through your read and your progression, your read is your first step, you're looking at the field, and you're taking, you're assessing what's going on with the defensive backs, where your receiver is in, is in his route. And then when you move through your second ones, basically you're shifting your feet and you're moving your eyes and trying to assess what's going on. And a lot of, you know, as I was talking to Terrell Sutton about this, a lot of that is kind of understanding where your, the defensive backs are. Are they playing high? Are they playing low? Where the linebackers are situated? Are they stacking the box? Are they moving out in coverage? Is it man? Is it zone? And that could be, it could be different defenses in different parts of the field. And as you're assessing that, and this all has to happen within, you know, three to five seconds, when you're assessing all that, you have to base a lot of that knowledge on your preparation and the details. And right now, yes, football is football. And, you know, the, the, the routes and the receivers and looking at the field is all the same. The difference with the Canadian game that's 
the something that's telling me maybe affecting Menzel right now is that extra man because you don't necessarily know your math when you're when you're looking where the defensive backs are and you're trying to assess where your receiver is going to be in his route with respect to where the defense is situated. You don't necessarily know what that extra man in the Canadian game, where that extra man is going to, going to be when you're going through those reads. So I'm not trying to make excuses for Johnny Manziel because you know he's in an un, he's in an unfavorable position. Whatever you think about him, you know he basically was thrown into a, a starting position on a new team, and as his own agent said on his on Manziel's podcast, he wasn't necessarily sure now was the time. Manziel gets another week, but the added wrinkle now is he goes on the road. Man, Johnny Manziel played in Tuscaloosa. He beat the Alabama Crimson Tide. He's played in stadiums of upwards of 85,000, 90,000 people screaming and yelling at him. But when you're playing the professional game and you know it moves faster and you know the physicality of what, you know, how guys are moving around and you're still trying to assess how to break down defenses within three to five seconds, and I know the way those fans are in Ottawa, we'll see how he adjusts. You know, the professional game is very different from college. Whatever, you know, that's, it's whatever you're playing, the NFL or CFL. When you're playing the program, these are the best of the best athletes. Now Johnny Manziel has to show us this week that he's growing. It's still a phenomenal story for for a couple of reasons. Uh, the most obvious one is it's like Tiger Woods. Tiger hasn't done anything, you know, stupendous on the golf tour golf tour in in years, and yet if he had three consecutive shots or gets a birdie or an eagle, everybody's back on the bandwagon just because of the greatness that we've witnessed before. This guy was a Heisman Trophy winner, and and if he scrambles or completes two consecutive passes, you're thinking greatness is right around the corner. It's a fascinating view. Yeah, and listen. And... It's a great it's a great comparison to make with Tiger because everybody was watching the final day a few weeks ago of the British British Open. And I will tie a, a deeper comparison. Even though we are so fascinated with the talent and seeing glimmers of it, humanity in the way we are, we also don't mind when stuff starts to combust. And seeing Tiger in the bunker and seeing him miss a shot or, 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 or on the green and, 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 and trying, to, trying to pitch it into the, you know, right close to the pin and hearing him get upset at himself and hearing him kind of be exasperated, there is drama in that too. And seeing Johnny Manziel, you know, I, it's almost as fascinating to watch him throw four interceptions and, and, and throw interception on his first pass because it makes people realize, especially us who, who, who covered the CFL, this is a hard league. This isn't like, you know, and I understand, and you can't help but realize that Johnny Manziel is still very young. Like he, he, and I imagine this hit in his mind with no disrespect to the league itself, that he probably came out and thought, if I play my game, I've got the width of the field, I've got my receivers will come back, I can, I can as he said, ball out. Well, he couldn't do that. So now you go back to, as Tiger has been doing himself, and maybe you know the increased schedules to help that. It's getting back to the basics. It's getting back to your stroke. It's getting back to you know, your follow-through, your hips. Well, for Menzel, it's where is he locating his throws? How is he stepping back into the pocket? How is he setting up in the pocket? How is he going through his reads? Because at the end of the day, you might have the talent, but if you don't have the base, if you don't have the base, then honestly, you're, you are doing yourself a disservice to the entertainment of everybody else. Well, and the other story angle that, that won't go away because it's it's going to be hard science, it'll be like uh, totally accurate figures, you'll be able to track 
how many tickets he sells for the Alouettes. He'll be able to track how many jerseys he sells. And, and we already know that ESPN2 would carry, carry the Ticats game against uh, Montreal at 400,000 viewers in the States. Now, that's not a big number stateside, but it's it's higher than any CFL game ever had in the States. And, and so there are hard numbers there that generate into other revenue, which you wouldn't be able to say about anybody else. So that that's sort of a sports business angle, intrigue angle, or sorry, storyline. Yeah, you know, Jim, it's everything has had, you know, there's a confluence of events right now. The, the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, the CFL comes up this year. And in a lot of ways, there are a lot of players who will be hoping and praying that they get their shot at Johnny Manziel. I'm sure guys like Antoine Pruneau, Corey Tindall, um, uh, George Uko, guys on the Red Blacks uh, def- defense, We'll, can't wait to go up against Johnny Manziel because they know they're going to get that extra little bit of spotlight. But the fact is this. You made an excellent point in saying all of the sports business factors that are going to lend themselves to not just helping Manziel, but the overall um, coverage and exposure and financial viability of the CFL. The CFL is doing well. I mean, we, 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 the numbers, the, the, the ratings are, are, are good. And you know, we, we, we see markets where you know, apart from, yes, Toronto and Montreal and Vancouver, which are still uh, certainly works in progress. But if the league was in dire straits, we wouldn't be talking about expanding to Halifax. But in a year where the CBA is coming up, it benefits every player that Johnny Manziel increases the ticket sales, increases the exposure, increases attention. Because where he goes now, everyone's going to watch him. Obviously, in Ottawa, they always sell out. But there's going to be an increased attention on Ottawa, and then when he goes to Toronto, imagine when he goes to Toronto, there's going to be increased attention there. He is going to take, whether you call it the tour or the circus or the carnival, whatever, he's going to take it with him. And at the end of the year, when the CFLPA is looking at you know, what they are going to go ahead and put on the table for the owners, they're going to be benefited by all of us talking about Johnny Manziel, but all the eyes on Johnny Manziel. Because even though it might be one player who right now hasn't necessarily shown a sustained amount of, of talent and whatever everything we expected and what he expected to show in the CFL, at the end of the day, we're talking about the CFL. And that's a good thing for the league. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, I find it to be an, an odd story. And, of course, working in Hamilton when the Cats signed him, I just I, I would look at that story and go, they're, they're out of sync. What has to happen for Johnny Manziel will not benefit the Tiger Cats because they have to go in another direction to, uh, I guess, atone for a non-playoff season a year ago. Uh, he had to play right away, and that wasn't going to happen there. Uh, so he's in Montreal. It's a bit of a mess, uh, and he has to play. And, and quite frankly, this was the only scenario that I could come up with that would that could possibly work. But it's got, got sort of a, a, a bitter or, a, I guess, a, a sour tone to it because if it does work, it could only last a year and a half. The one thing about the one thing about it, Jim, is I I think you and I discussed this a few a few weeks ago that when we talked about you know potentially when Johnny could play, and I thought there were three scenarios. One, you know, this is when Ricky Ray was was injured, and we right. we didn't necessarily know what what they had in terms of James Franklin, and obviously now the cloud Bethel Thompson. And then we take we took a look at the Winnipeg situation. And Chris Strebler, and we didn't know how long Matt Nichols was going to be injured. And we took a look now at Montreal. Of all of those situations, Manziel was likely going to play immediately here in Montreal, just just given their quarterback depth and their own injury issues. I wonder though, if he would have played, if 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 Winnipeg would have made a move for him, if you know Nichols' injury was long term, if that would have benefited him more, because 
knowing the coaching staff and 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 that's that's the experience of someone like you know former CFL and TSN analyst Paul Lapolis who you know loves um, to spend time with his quarterbacks. I wonder if he would have benefited more the time there, just a, maybe a few more weeks of seasoning there in Toronto. Obviously, Mark Tressman basically has has revolutionized how many offenses play in the CFL, but I don't necessarily think that Tristan was going to want the carnival and the attention that Menzel was going to bring. But when he came to Montreal, it was always going to be the situation where he was going to be thrown into the fire right away. And here's the thing, deal for Johnny Menzel. If he wants to get back to the NFL, this was the best pathway. Why? Because he was going to get the most exposure here because he was going to be thrown in right away. Even though he had such a terrible debut, the fact has to be stated at the end of the day, Doug Flutie came to the CFL in the early 90s, and he struggled in his first season. His numbers were not great. But he progressed because he learned the game, he appreciated the game for what it was, and he knew that he could develop his talents to suit the dimensions of the Canadian game. If Johnny Manziel does that, and if he is as interested as everyone says he is and everyone keeps telling us in the media that he is, and we keep seeing him talking to his teammates – as June Jones said it, you you heard it, you know the Ticats uh, head coach. You heard him say it, Jim. Yep. Johnny Mendel could be one of the greatest players in CFL history. He might be the greatest player in CFL history because of what his talent is. But this is this is down to a young man now, understanding. He said it himself. It was a humbling experience. Okay, so what do you do now, knowing something is a humbling experience? What do you do when you're going up against really a, a an ideal CFL defense? Because North Fork, the defensive coordinator in Ottawa, runs a CFL defense. What are you going to do? We, we, we absolutely should be tracking and scrutinizing everything he does over the next couple of weeks because if you're going to get this much attention on you, you have to develop and you have to understand that you're going to get criticism from every side. Matthew, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Take care, Joe. Matthew Shinetti from the CFL on TSN.